0: Freaking out!
1: Of. This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Eward is my hero. Buter just
0: punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on Seattle Sports. Oh, we're gonna do you a It of- Don't really work that way, Sherman. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does. Though. Brought to you by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Eward and Mike Salk. Hello. Hello! Hello, hi everybody. Hello. It is Brock and Salk Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com and the Seattle Sports app, not to mention all the podcast platforms. Great to be back with all of you today. I hope you uh, enjoyed your week away from me as much as I enjoyed a week away from all of you. No, I uh, well, I did have fun. I was with a my special guest here today. My daughter Cecily is in studio with me today, and she may even make a little appearance later in the show uh, after she hangs out for a little while. I think she was horrified to learn that this is the time that Dad wakes up every day, and now uh, she will be hanging out with us for the morning. Justin, Mora, hello! I missed back, you guys. Sir.
2: Yes. How are you? When you say Cecily's hanging out with you, I mean Cecily's hanging out with more At I. the moment, yes.
0: <laughs> Although I'm a little, I've I've been kind of worried about where that leads, right? What? That there'll be some ganging up against me. <laughs> yeah. I know oh, how Cecily yeah. likes to torture yeah. me. Yeah. And so uh, I'm a little worried about the uh, about the ramifications of letting her sit in there too long. So we'll be locking her probably in another room uh, before <laughs> before these few hours are up. Uh, Let's see. Well, I left. The Mariners started playing some fantastic baseball, which was pretty awesome.
3: We may or may not have done some segments on the correlation there.
0: Yeah, as usual, I'm happy to take whatever the blame is that anybody wants. Uh, The Mariners were bad because I said they would be good, and now they're good because I left. Like, it's all fine. I'll own it. I'll take it. We'll talk more (laughs) about it over the course of the day. You know, ultimately, I guess my thought is – I think that's closer to who they are, right? And I, I know that, like, there's so much self-fulfilling element to baseball where you see what you want to see and what you originally thought. And if you originally thought that this team was not going to be as good as advertised, you were probably really convinced by how poorly they've played at times. For good reason. I'm not, I'm not taking a shot. Like, I, I, I think you're absolutely right when you see what you see. And if, like me, you believe that this team was actually pretty well-constructed, maybe a bad short, but pretty well-constructed, you see them over the course of their last 10 games like that, and you say, yeah, this is absolutely a team that can finish up the first half by beating Tampa, beating San Francisco, who was pretty good in the first half of the year, and then basically smoking the Astros. I mean, short of one more time where they can't drive in a run with bases loaded, nobody out in the eighth inning— they destroyed that team. I mean, that wasn't even really much of a series. Yep. I mean, the games were all close because it's the Mariners. But, like, they were the better team, essentially, in all four of those games,
2: minus a moment or two. And we've seen, like, the three things we haven't seen over the last 10, or I don't want to say 10, maybe the last few series, where it's like, grind out a win. Yep. Come back. Yep. Hold a win. Yep. And do it against good teams hit with runners and scoring position. I mean, I know that they didn't do that they, every they, time. they have kind of done a lot of that Have here. the one big inning, yeah. Like that. All those things that we've heard Scott say like, well, we never got this. We never got this. They did it. So
0: good on them. So all of a sudden they come back as, as, or from the all-star break in a perfectly good position. It's not where you want to be. It's not where the expectations were, but you're four games out in the wild card and you're six games out in the division. Neither of those things is insurmountable. Texas has been playing terrible baseball for the last few weeks. Right? I mean, you're right there. They've, they've allowed you. The Angels have lost nine of their last ten. Yeah. Right? I mean, like some of those teams that got hot were not going to stay as hot as they were. And so you found a way to start equalizing and getting back to where you're supposed to be. So huge, huge credit to the Mariners. Credit to whatever happened at that player meeting. I do want to talk more about that. We'll do it at 7 o'clock. I would love to have been a fly on the wall and understood exactly. And I'm sure it'll come out. By the end of the year, we'll know a little bit more about what happened behind the scenes to kind of kick this team in its rear end. But something must have or maybe they just all of a sudden started playing well because it's baseball and who the heck knows why anybody does anything. Um, I was also thinking about this. So today is July 10th, which you may or may not know. That's 710 Day. For mm-hmm. years, we celebrated 710 yeah. Day here at the station. And it got me thinking about why we did that. One was just the idea of giving back to our listeners. I mean, I, I tell this story almost every year. I don't know if I'll even have time today, but hopefully I will, uh, about how. The, this station was not guaranteed to succeed. Quite frankly, it nearly failed. And I tell the story, and I've heard people disagree with it a little bit, but the basics are, you know, we started the station in 2009 coming off of the worst sports year any city has ever had. Right. We talk about this all the time, right? If you remember 2008, Mariners' first team to spend $100 million to lose 100 games. It wasn't payroll, as it turns out. It was just some really, really terrible management by Bill Bavese. Uh, it, was, it was the uh, last year of Mike Holmgren, and he left. They went, what, 5 and 11 and something like that? The Huskies went 0 and 12. The Cougs went 2 and 10. The Sonics left. The economy crashed. And we were like, yeah, let's start a sports station. And it wasn't going to work. I mean, Brock and I didn't know what we were doing, and we were fighting, and the show was terrible. Calabro, as unbelievably popular and tremendous as he is, had never done this before. And there was a really good chance that this station was going to fail. In fact, it probably was decided from above to shut this thing down a little over a year. Maybe it was two years into it. And uh, a lot of really great people led by uh, our, our former boss here, Dave Pridmore, said, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, and he put his butt on the line. He put his job on the line. And he saved this station. And eventually things took off, not not unlike certain Mariner seasons like last year, where all of a sudden, you know, just when you think hope is lost, it turns and the ratings turned, and the digital stuff turned, and the revenue turned, and the next thing you know, uh, we've had a really good, successful run here since 2009, 14 years plus since we launched this station. So I think about that on on 710 Day, but I also think that the reason we started 710 Day was kind of because there's nothing going on on July 10th in the sports world. It's usually around the all star break. It's kind of a boring time, right? You're kind of hurting for content. Maybe you're making up stuff, you're going through NFL lists. Not this year. Yep. Not this year, ladies and gentlemen. Not this year. Not with the All-Star game here, the All-Star week, the Derby tonight, the game tomorrow, and everything else that has been around the city. I got to be honest with you. And Justin's going to take us through a lot of what he saw this weekend. He was down there a lot. Moore was down there a little bit on Saturday as well. I don't think I understood just how big this was. I knew it was like a couple of the events. And I know that, like, I'd been told about all of the different things, but it just didn't connect maybe the way I, it should have for me how massive a scale the whole thing is. It's like basically the whole city's been taken over
2: by baseball. Mm-hmm. That's kind of awesome. The same way. I didn't, I mean, we're in the middle of it and I didn't expect it to be as big. And I, I think maybe it's because well, we'll get through this a lot more. When you start seeing people from around the country all over marveling with just their eyes mm. wide, you, know, you have that. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Everyone has been planning to come here for a year, and we've just been waiting, and we didn't. it didn't feel like it until they showed up. Yeah,
0: see, th- that's true. With the fans, with the people outside, I mean, how about the draft yesterday? That's pretty awesome. I mean, that was awesome.
3: It looked fantastic on TV. The setup was right? very cool.
0: Yeah, and we are going to have a, a guy who hosted that draft here live and in person with us a little bit later in the show. That's G. Scott. Who was uh, in person hosting the draft? Saw some pictures of him with Ken Griffey Jr. He was going to talk to the Hawk, Andre Dawson, who was one of his childhood heroes, growing up in uh, in college, in uh, Chicago rather. So yeah, we'll talk to G a little bit later. We'll have Shannon on to talk through everything that we saw from the Mariners here this weekend. You hear about she's your on trip, a if we
2: get to that, sometime. Oh, you want to hear about the
0: trip? Trip was great. Cecily will be on a little bit later in the show. I promise she can tell you a little bit about what we did. Here, here's my very quick breakdown of San Diego. Yes. Zoo is great as always. Weather is perfect. It's the it's the best weather city in the country. I mean, it's just the best. I love San Diego. The beach was awesome. The you know I'm going to say this. I said I wasn't I wasn't sure if I should admit this publicly. (laughs) Okay, do it early. We went to SeaWorld. Oh, my friend who I was there with, my friend Jesse, her sister is a marine biologist who, like, works in the, like, a big-time marine biologist. And before we went, we asked her if it was okay to go. She literally saves whales for a living. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, you should definitely go. So we didn't. She was actually kind of pro SeaWorld. So we went to SeaWorld better than expected. It was awesome. It was a blast. And as good as all of those things were, hanging out with my daughter, hanging out with my best friend who I haven't seen and really been able to hang with in forever, none of it was better than the ice cream sandwich at the Baked Bear. It was still (laughs) that good. So all I'm going to say is there are are franchises available. If anybody (laughs) wants to bring the Baked Bear to, like, I don't know, Green Lake, let me know because I will do whatever I can short of actually helping you to make that happen. All right, coming up, we'll give you everything you actually need to know from a crazy weekend here in Seattle. And then we'll go through the weekend with Justin Amora and, and all of the cool stuff that was going on around this city. It's Brock and Salk Seattle sports on seven ten, Need to
1: know 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know.
0: Up first. All right, it wasn't quite the epic win streak of last year, but the Mariners certainly finished the first half in style. They won their final three series against three pretty good quality opponents. Certainly, there's nothing you could say about those teams. They were all ahead of the Mariners in the standings when they played them, and uh, they won all three series. The latest being three out of four in Houston, a place where generally you're just hoping the Mariners won't get swept. They finished it off nicely yesterday.
1: And the 1-2 pitch to Jose Abreu on the way. Swing and a miss. Strike three with a fastball. And the ball game is over. The Mariners win it this afternoon. 3-1 to one over the Astros here in Houston. They win the series three games to one. And what a road trip. They win five out of seven on the road trip. They have won seven of their last nine games leading into the all-star break with momentum going into the second half of the season, and the Mariners get back over five hundred by a game.
0: Yeah, they needed it, right? As usual, pitching made it happen. Logan Gilbert was great, threw up a ton of goose eggs, just the one run in seven innings. Mariners win it 3-1. to one. So... They're a game above five hundred at the end here of the first half. They're six games behind Texas. They're four out in the wild card. Is it where you wanted to be when the season started? Uh, No. I think you would have liked to have been six up in both of those categories, given a lot of the pub around this team and the excitement. Is it insurmountable? Heck no. Right? You play the way you did here over the course of the last few weeks. Well, at least the last nine games since the disaster against Tampa and the god-awful series against Washington. You're perfectly capable of making a run here in the second half. Here's the second thing you need to know. All right, only four picks on day one, right? That's pretty good. Three in the first round, one in the second. The Mariners were always sort of likely to have a good day yesterday, but I think they surprised some folks by going high school bats, high school bats, and more high school bats. It started with Colt Emerson at number 22. This is a cool story, though. If you didn't have a chance to watch the draft yesterday, it was not your uh, normal commissioner making the selection for the Mariners. It was a young kid, nine years old, Old, Tiago Viernes, who uh, has quite the story, surviving cancer. Uh, he's thrown out a first pitch with the Mariners, and uh, he made the announcement yesterday.
3: With the 22nd pick of the
2: 2023 MLB draft, the Seattle Mariners' Charlotte Cole Emerson, a short start from God's
0: All right, so he's coming after quite a few people's jobs. Sounds like Carl Ravitch was a little concerned afterwards. He did do all. And here's what I think is especially impressive about that. I was thinking about this at the time. He didn't have any chance to practice that. Exactly. I was just
2: thinking the exact same thing. It's
0: not like he memorized that and he read it over and over again. He didn't know who the Mariners were going to pick until a couple minutes before he got up there. So he was able to read it well. And not just the kid's name. I mean, lucky for him, it was Colt Emerson which is pretty easy to say, but you know, he got the high school and where he was from and all that pretty darn impressive. As for Emerson, it's supposed to be pretty good. He looks a lot like Cole young, who they drafted last year in the first round as well. Joe Doyle was on the show last week and explained that actually he'd be a pretty good target. The
1: other one that I would circle is Colt Emerson. He's a high school shortstop out of uh, Ohio. I believe just 17 years old, just about to turn 18 years old. But Colt is for my money on the high school side um, one of the top two hitters in this class. If you imagine what they've done last year with Cole Young. Cole Young has been a very good prospect. Hasn't shown a ton of power yet, but he's been a very good, steady prospect. Well, Colt Emerson is essentially Cole Young, but more powerful. Broader shoulders, barrel-chested. I think that's the type of guy that you know. maybe you end up throwing at second base or third base three years from now. And he's an organizational staple for seven or eight years.
0: Well, that sounds pretty good. There's a lot of upside there. Uh, he's that shortstop. He may end up at second or third before it's all said and done. Uh, they did have two more picks in that round. Johnny Formello a center fielder, really athletic. He can run. He's got some pop. And then uh, the third guy might be the most intriguing. That's Ty Pete. Young shortstop. He is toolsy. He's got all kinds of crazy tools. Going to need a lot of coaching, but he's got one of those high upside situations. So we'll see whether he turns into something before it's all said and done. And then finally, Ben Williamson was your uh, second round pick. More of a, hey, you need the slot money kind of a guy. But maybe he turns into something as another infielder.
1: Here's the third thing you need to know.
0: Finally, just worth saying, what an unbelievable weekend in Seattle. This was really darn cool to see all of this going on at once all around the city. It uh, maybe was summed up best all the passion at the draft when uh, the crowd let the Astros know exactly what they thought of them.
1: With the 28th pick of the 2023 MLB draft, the Houston Astros. First round of the 2023 draft. The draft will resume in five minutes. Uh, Announced by MLB Senior Vice President of Onfield Operations, Raul (laughs) (laughs) Abanez.
0: That is pretty great. So, a few things about that. First of all, they sounded like the Jets fans booing their own team. That was amazing.
3: Rob Manfred looks super annoyed.
0: Super pissed.
3: Good.
2: Well, I know. You
3: accomplished two two good things. In he, one he is, swoop.
2: He's a piece of work, yeah, for man. For a guy who can't read a room, he figured that one out. <laughs> he, he, he is, is a, a piece of
0: work. Anyway, a really cool moment. I'll come back to that story. I got a lot, a lot to say about it. Anyway, uh, great showings for the other events. The appetizers are now over. Tonight, the main courses start. Home Run Derby. Julio, last year, of course, introduced himself to the world, and then Tuesday, all the stars will be on full display at the All-Star Game. I believe that if Julio did not do that in the derby last year he would not be in the all-star game on Tuesday tomorrow yeah Yeah, I honestly think it is last year's home run derby performance that got Julio into the all-star game this year but hey whatever works that's everything you need to know his uh,
3: batting practice in Houston was going pretty well oh I bet oh I bet it was it looked pretty good
0: Crawford boxes. Perfect for Julio. All right, there you go. That's everything you need to know. We do a quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk show. God, there's so many things to come back to uh, from all of those things you need to know. But the one I will just say, I have no knowledge here. I've been out of town. I've not spent any time kind of working on this. But the moment I heard all the comps between their first pick, Colt Emerson and Cole Young, it makes me think one of two things is true. They're a country duo. Yeah, right? (laughs) Cool. cool. (laughs) Two things. Either A, they really, really love Cole Young, and they're trying to replicate the pick from last year and do it again, which is very possible. Sure. Or two, they know they're going to trade Cole Young in the coming weeks to try to go for it here before the trade deadline, and they want to have the next Cole Young ready to go because they like having somebody like that in their system. Could be either of those things, could be neither of those things, I don't know. But it's just one of those things that immediately, all of the talk about the similarities to Cole Young made me think, well... You know, maybe the Cole's not going to be here, and they really sure. like having that uh, on their uh, on their roster. All right, that is uh, as I said, everything you need to know. But I want to hear about this weekend because I didn't really get into too much of this. I want to hear about uh, the futures game and the HBCU Classic and uh, everything else that was going on down at the ballpark and really around the city. So Mora and Justin will together take us through the weekend next
3: is Brock and Saul,
0: powered through the Alaska Airlines studio, back in mornings from 6 to 10, on
1: Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app.
0: Oh yeah, that is correct, we're your home, the Mariners as I'm sure you know, but also your only home for All-Star Week, stop by the live broadcast from Hatback. Bar and Grill. Uh, that is today, starting right after our show at ten o'clock. Plus, you can tune in today later. Today, you'll hear Julio in the Home Run Derby, and then tomorrow night, you got the All Star Game at Seattle Sports, the exclusive home of All Star Week here in Seattle. I was saying earlier, I, again, I, I I knew this was a big deal. I knew this was a whole thing, but I guess I I don't know. I I feel bad. I just didn't have quite the full understanding of how big a scope the All-Star game would be. I knew about the Derby. I knew I knew all the things existed, but I don't think I realized just how big they would all be. So, Justin, Mora, you guys are down there at various points this weekend. Take us around the weekend.
2: First question. Yeah. Have, you, have you been to an All-Star game? No. Oh, maybe that's part of it, too. I mean, You've watched it on TV forever. You've never seen one. Have yeah. you? No, no, of course not. You made it seem like I would, of course you've been. Well, I just assume with your time coverings where you've been doing this for so long, how could you not? You've been to, you said you've been to several playoff series. You've been to World Series games. But that's because
0: I was covering teams that made it. Yeah, Uh, but you're covering
2: teams that had players in all-star games, too. Yeah, nobody cares about that. (laughs) (laughs) That, That's not enough to get you to travel to the game, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, okay, sure. I just figured maybe there was enough close to you at some point. No, I mean, they haven't been here,
0: obviously, since 2001, and I've been here since 2009. And the only one in my lifetime in Boston was 1999. I was in college.
2: So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've had no, no opportunities. Except. I mean, like I remember watching the old one on TV as a kid. Yeah. like That was it. So here we go. Yeah. Awesome. Okay.
3: All right. Well, I've got some highlights and uh, breakdowns to go through here. And then Justin's going to give us kind of just the the vibes and feel that he had being there all weekend. Um, We'll start out with the Futures game. Raul Ibanez's National League squad won Saturday's Futures game 5 nothing over the American League team, coached by Harold Reynolds. Catcher Harry Ford and outfielder Jonathan Classé were the M's two prospects that were participating. Classé A saw two at-bats, and Ford had one, and they went 0-3. Yeah. But Classé A did have one of the highlight reel plays of the game defensively with this dri- diving catch on a line drive to center from Philly's prospect Justin Crawford. Uh, whoops, excuse me,
1: sorry guys. Let's try that again. Flipped it out there, center field. And diving catch at the last second by Class A. Tagging at third and scoring is Rodriguez. National League has a 2-0 lead. How about the closing speed by Class A? That's a heck of a play. Now speed plus the instincts, the good read and route. He saw that right off
0: the bat.
2: Class a did have a pretty good day on the field. He's uh,
0: he's really well-liked. He's like the guy that's moved, right? Like he was supposed to be so good, and now he's much better than that. So you need those guys in your system. I don't know whether he's going to be a star. We'll wait and find out. But you need those guys that are better than they were expected to be
2: in order to really make your system great because you only have so many shots at it. Also very fun to hear the Mariners because, you know, they're from all different teams. Around the MLB. Right. And, like the only ones people locally really know are Harry Ford and Jonathan, Jonathan Class A. There must have been
0: some impressive yeah. dudes there. Wow. Though. I mean, oh like, boy. I saw some of the just pitches being
2: thrown yep. just through Pitching Ninja and stuff. Like these guys H- are insane. 101 mile an hour fastballs right. from a couple of kids. Like, like all of them. Yes. What, what is
0: baseball going to look like in a couple of years? Like no one's going to be able to hit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like. Oh my gosh, we had Ryan Roland Smith on at the end of the week last week talking about cuz he was calling the high school all-American baseball game they had yeah. going on at Lumen Field and he was like these kids like he's like I would not have been able to I would have never made it to where I did in this era. No. He's like these kids are throwing like 97.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, it really is. it's the, the amount of velocity that has improved and increased over the course of the last decade is kind of out of control. And I, I do believe they're going to have to figure it out. Like, I don't know that it's actually making the game better to see guys, all of them, throwing 100-plus miles an hour. I mean, I'm not saying it's
2: ruining the game, but I don't know if it's helping the game, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. It's going to, I mean... It's already the hardest thing to do in baseballs or in sports, hit a fastball. Right. right. Now, well, how everyone. Do you, you know, it seems harder than hitting a fastball,
0: hitting a slider. <laughs> <The after. laughs> like I, Just me. I don't know if hitting a fastball, I'm sure is incredibly hard, but hitting a slider seems downright impossible yeah. mm-hmm. unless it for some reason doesn't break. And that doesn't happen as much anymore because these guys are ridiculously good.
2: Anyway, that's cool. Wow. Futures game. Were you there for that, Justin? I was. Futures game was uh, was really fun. And following the game. I got to go down on the field and interview uh, Harry Ford. Oh, how in was it? So sweet, so nice. I got to get a little bit of that like the, the the feeling of what it was like to be Shannon after a game. You're trying to track down a player, right? Like, hey, really quick. Can we can we do a, you know. And so the players are shaking hands and walking off the field and he had this look on his face of like cuz he had been doing TV that day. He'd been on, I'd seen him do several interviews already. And I walked up to him and I'm like, "Hey, Harry Ford, I'm sur- I I know you've done seventy five of these already. That we, we one more interview right. for you. This one's going to be in the stadium, live on the microphone of the camera. And he goes, "Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure." And I was like, "Cool, man, thank you." It's like there, here's I kind of gave him a little idea of what mm-hmm. we're going to talk about. And I was like, "How's how's everything been?" He's like, "Oh, it's great." He's like, "I just want to see my family." I was like, "Oh man, I just you just forget yeah, how what, young 20? they are." Yeah, and like they just they're just toured around and he's home and game's over. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Two different times he told me how excited he was to see his parents. That's pretty cool. (laughs) He's great. And the fans went nuts for him. As they should. Of course. Yeah.
3: Well, it's really cool to see how many former Mariner legends are back in town and how much they seem to truly be honored to be involved in all of this because you saw Harry Ford getting advice from Jay Buhner. um,
0: What's the reaction been to Buhner? He hasn't been around
2: in a while. It's terrific. Really? Yeah. And he's he's been just he just goes into the dugout or goes into the little authenticator spot next to the dugout and just grabbing stuff and throwing it out to fans. He's just giving everything (laughs) away, walking around with his backwards batting helmet, sticking his tongue out in every picture. He's still the same.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny, Passing had asked me a week or so ago who the most beloved Mariner was. And I thought for a little while and I said, It's probably Junior. Mm -hmm. And he said, Is it? I said, Yeah. Edgar's probably one B. It's close. Mm-hmm. If, I mean, obviously, the greatest Mariner is junior. But if you're talking about beloved, I think it's probably still junior. But I, I, you guys could tell me, obviously, that would, you know, you would Ichiro's probably know more high. than me. Yeah. See, I don't think Ichiro is as high as those guys because of the last five years. And a lot of the I would say from my perception of it, it would be still junior. Edgar, right there. Maybe it's Edgar Jr. Maybe it's Junior Edgar. I would think Felix is third yep. because he never yep. left, and the whole just Felix thing seemed to be such a connection during those rough years. And then fourth to me is probably Jay Buhner, followed by Ichiro. Wow, you put okay, beloved, yeah, not greatest, right, not right, not greatest, beloved not stats, yeah. That's that's sort of what my gut says, but people would probably have uh, other.
3: No, they've had so sure. many moments for Ichiro. Yeah. Tons of fans have showed up to honor.
0: Right after that would be Sean Figgins, I think. And then Casey Kochman. <laughs> right. There's a couple other guys that would go right. after that. Yes. So who was your other favorite? Was it Danny Valencia? Huh? The other favorite? Was it Valencia your favorite? Oh, he wasn't just mine. I think he was more of the guys in the clubhouse who hated Danny Valencia. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, where, where were we? So that uh, was well, the... Few, we got so much to get to.
3: Yeah, you mentioned Felix. So yes. we'll get into the celebrity um, all-star softball game. Team Felix won 21 19 despite a late rally from team finch they were down uh, double digits jenny finch's team yes of course (laughs) um but but there was a lot of home runs scored in this game uh brett boone hit a lead off home run uh he ended up being named mvp of the game there were numerous bombs from there on out bothell native and current bulls uh guard zach levine had two home runs and a pretty nice grab to rob a home run from mike cameron in the third but don't worry mike cameron hit one out later
0: oh good uh the
3: crowd really went wild for this moment from king felix though second that Let's say extra
1: bases
0: oh my this one is God. roped to center field and it's out of here you called it i called it you get a robe? <laughs> Did i don't know
1: if i get a robe but king felix ever. gets a robe
3: jenny finch was
1: hoping for the catch in center king felix just went deep and is living the fine life
3: and it was uh it was bobby wagner that didn't make that catch in center he couldn't quite uh Time the jump right, so I saw Tyler Lockett giving him a little bit. Oh, of crap, good. A little bit of crap online about. But that. Felix went yard, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yo,
0: First boy. time since he took Johann Santana yard. <laughs> so was that off Jenny Finch?
3: Um, I can't remember who no, was pitching I at the time. I, they rotated.
0: Oh, I was hoping it would be. Then you could say Felix homered off like two of the best no, pitchers no, of their Felix, generation.
2: Felix homered off Adam Jones. Oh, not yeah, nearly the pitcher as Jenny Finch. No, because when Jenny she was Less Jenny impressive. Finch, Jenny really Finch smoked one was, was
3: not throwing people her full heat. Oh though. no, no,
2: she did one pitch, right? Just to she so got it. Just so somebody's Felix. like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Jenny was catching when Felix hit the home. Oh, okay. oh yeah,
3: that was funny. She did do one full on pitch to him, and he backed up from the plate and just looked at her like, what? Oh
2: yeah, <laughs> dude, how old is Jenny Finch now? I don't know. I mean, she was a big deal a long time yeah. ago. A yeah. couple won an uh, Olympic gold, one, Olympic silver. But I silver. mean, she was
3: pretty young when she was a big deal. She's 42 now.
2: Yeah. And she won an zero four and 08. <laughs> Who was doing the play-by-play there? Play, play, play. On the field, we, uh, it was Kenny Maine and Mina Kimes. Okay. Was that really wasn't fun. Kenny Maine there, though. No, no, no. no. On the field, that was MLB Network. I
0: okay, because I got a t- funny text from 253.
3: I think it was Lauren Gardner.
0: And, yeah. Uh, I just like this. Calm down, boss. Not hard to call a home run
2: on a softball game with MLB players. Like, <laughs> that's a good point. Oh, by that. 253, you're absolutely right. Mike Cameron and Brett Boone almost hit one out of the actual park. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, like they, still, was... <laughs>
3: they still looked real good. They got Orange
2: those blue dot softballs that really really travel. <laughs> yeah, Who was the biggest celebrity there? Uh, I'd say, I think the loudest ovation was Bobby Wagner, and I don't think it was close. No, I mean, uh, fair. But who who were the biggest, like, non-sports celebrities? Non-sports. Adam Devine, uh, the Canadian. Oh, but he didn't play. He, he was, was the manager because he yeah. was hurt. He's hurt? Yeah, he said he was hurt, and he didn't want to show everybody up. Dude from Workaholics? Yep. Hurt. Uh, JoJo Siwa was there. Oh, wow. Big YouTubers that, of course, I didn't, I don't know, because right. I don't follow the YouTube Yeah, I didn't kids.
3: know some of them, but I'm sure they're big. I'm just not in...
2: Go ask know. Cecily. She's in the other room. You can ask her uh, uh, if she knows anything. Marcelo Hernandez, a uh, new guy in SNL who I love. Okay. Really good. He was funny. He's actually pretty good too. Singers Yonder, uh, Blessed was there. Yonder Alonso? Nope. Different Yonder. Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know who was there but didn't play was Miro from Jesus and Miro. Okay. Love Miro. He was funny. And. He did an interview
3: with Luis Castillo.
2: I yeah. Yeah, he Alonso. did. Cool. Luis Castillo and Miro. There was, I mean,. It was, it was legitimately very, very fun. And I didn't cool. know what to expect for those. You only see them on TV, and you're like, maybe they play it up. and Cool. So that's the
0: softball. We've done the Celebrity Softball game. We did the Futures game. What about, I know this is back a couple days,
2: but what about the uh, HBCU Swingman oh, yeah. Classic? The first, the inaugural Swingman Classic was awesome. Friday night, and they had me uh, doing some some pregame, uh, i am just call them hits for that. And they had this thing that I'd never heard of before, which was cool, and the reason that we talked about it was because people needed to know it's called the divine nine it's historically african-american fraternities and sororities who have spread into the greek communities around the country a bunch of the alumni was there and all almost all of the hbcus were there with their tables and they had uh, people who were uh, alumni who were behind them so for kids and, and fans who wanted to go learn more about the schools could and the houses of course that they have and one of the alumni, who's the Microsoft HBC recruiter and a DJ, was up on the platform out in center field in the pen, which is going to be a new thing that you'll see if you're going to uh, the Home Run Derby or the All-Star Game, and he was playing all the stroll songs from the, the fraternities and sororities, so people what were mean? going nuts. Like What's their house strolls- songs. Okay. So every time they'd he'd play a song, they'd say what house or sorority or fraternity it was from, right? And then they would cut to people in the crowd who I was uh, assuming were in that right uh, house in were going bonkers really it was so fun it wow. had like the college energy from a like, college baseball vibe with the like the just the, the feel of a college baseball game is just different huh. but the atmosphere of an absolute party hmm. very cool
0: so let me ask you a question well none of you are probably none of us are the right people to answer this but i'm kind of curious maybe from the text machine 866-979-3776 mac and jack's text line which which gets more loyalty and excitement, your college or your, your fraternity? Team. Oh, oh,
2: yeah, you're right. I'm not the person asked. Neither am I. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> None of us are. No. Hmm. Pomona didn't have national fraternities. I mean, I have a lot of we had little like local, basically just like drinking clubs. But <laughs> you know, they weren't a, they weren't real fraternities. I'm going to say college. You think so? Yeah. I'm gonna say, I don't know. I'm gonna I gonna bet to, I don't know. Kind of curious about that. I don't know. Text us eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven. It's really just something I'm curious about. It has nothing to do with sports or anything. I'm just <laughs> kind of curious. All right. So that was that sounds yeah, cool. Friday night was really fun. It's I really, really enjoyed that.
3: It's a really cool way that they put Pac- that together.
2: What does the, what the what's capacity look like? Are like are these things selling out? Uh, Friday night did not. It was that mean that was obviously a much smaller event for okay. what it was. But Saturday Saturday was I think pretty close, if not a sold out sellout. Yeah. Okay. Very busy for futures game, obviously, celebrity softball as well. And it was the timing of it was perfect. The way that they started in the, the time of the day, they didn't run late. Right. It was really, really fun. And it's
0: kind of a nice I was thinking about going to, you know, I'm going to the, uh, I'm going tonight and tomorrow. So I'm, I was like really kind of not dreading it, but I was like, I get out late and then I got to wake up early the next day. And how am I going to get out of there? And there was just like, smack myself in the head, like, dude, it starts at five. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
2: What a gift.
0: (laughs) What a gift. It starts at five o'clock both nights. Yeah,
2: it's not like you're going into extra innings. Oh, So
0: awesome.
3: Is your your mom actually excited now that Julio's going to be in the...
0: My mom is now excited. Yes. Now, she's got delayed, so she's not going to come in until later today. But she is very, very excited. Uh, I think she has maybe even a new Julio shirt. Mm. I'm not sure. She sent something to the house, which I didn't open because, you know, addressed to her. Mm -hmm. But I think it might be some sort of new Julio paraphernalia. (laughs) Paraphernalia. Awesome. All right. Cecily, by the way, a little upset that Kirby's going over Gilbert. Really? She's like, well, has he pitched an entire game by himself? <laughs> like, Fair no. Launch. I, I <laughs> It's a good argument. She'll, she can come in later maybe and make the point. But <laughs> i trying to tell her, like, Kirby's been pretty good. Like, he really should have been their first all-star, don't you think? Maybe
3: she's got some recency bites. Gilbert's had two really yes, good outings in the row, he has. the last two.
0: I, I think in another I mean, year, Logan, good, but- Logan Gilbert could be an all-star. I think he's done enough in this first half yeah. to deserve all-star consideration or maybe even an all-star nod. Unfortunately, you know, Castillo's the name and some of it's what he did last year. Kirby has been phenomenal. I think probably the Mariners best pitcher and uh, Julio made the team just because he's Julio. I mean, there's no other there's no other logical explanation for Julio making this all star team, right? There's no way he was the next best outfielder who they could put on here. But I I think they did it right. You, You take some of what he did in the second half last year. I think that should count. This is a long-held opinion of mine that what you do in the second half of last year should matter to your all-star appearance for the next season. A full season. Because we we value what you do in the second half more, but then we don't count it towards all-star games? Yeah. That seems sort of silly. So I have no issues at all with counting some of what Julio did in the second half last year, and then also just who he is, star power, etc., and being in Seattle. I think it's a good thing for the Mariners. It's a good thing for Major League Baseball and it's the right thing to do. So I hope it kicks them in the tail. I hope we get some of that Julio magic that we got in the second half of last year. Because if that start, that still hasn't really happened for this team, right? Even this last nine game win streak, it hasn't been all Julio. If and when that occurs, hello, it's going to be pretty fun.
3: All right, we only have a couple of minutes left. Do you want like a real rapid fire around the Mariners yeah. weekend, or yeah, give me do you our... want Ellie De La Cruz pulling off something crazy?
0: Uh give me the Mariners.
3: Okay. All right. I'm is Freddy. Ellie De La
0: Cruz going to be there this weekend? The, uh, I don't think so. They didn't find a way to get him here. I haven't seen him on any Man, of the. Man, that Olympic is stuff dumb. That sure. is. Baseball, you stink. <laughs> Why is Ellie De La Cruz not here? I'm going to double check, but I don't think so. Ugh, find a way, just fly right. him in. Let him just be a pinch runner.
2: Yeah, I don't <laughs> think he's here.
0: All right.
3: The Mariners notch on Friday. The Mariners notched their second win in a row against the Astros with a dominant 10 1 victory. Julio's single in the fourth broke a 1 1 tie, and the Mariners just kept rolling from there, scoring nine runs in that inning. Mike Ford went three for three with a home run and four RBIs. Luis Castillo went seven innings, giving up no earned runs, no walks, and striking out three. And Isaiah Campbell, who was called up by the M's the day before, made his MLB debut at 25 years old, pitching a scoreless eighth with his family in attendance.
1: And the right handers two-two pitch swing and a miss for strike three. Way to go kid. His first major league strikeout. He fans Jake Myers, and that retires the Astros here in the bottom of the eighth inning. What a thrill for that young man! Isaiah Campbell, his Major League debut, walks on over to the Mariners' third base dugout. Young man, welcome to the big leagues. I I love that stuff. They were cheering so
3: hard for him. Well, he's
0: a name that we've been kind of following. He was, what, a second round or third round pick, and and we've sort of had our eye on him for a while. He was a starter. He's been kind of moved to the pen like a lot of their best players. Interesting, isn't it how many of these kids have come up before Prelander Baroa? Yeah,
3: that's true. We were hearing so much more, but, like, we were hearing about him, and then the next time we asked DiPoto about him, he yeah. said, he's got some work to do. Like, yeah. Like, step back somewhere. When
0: they first moved him to the bullpen, wasn't it supposed to be like, oh, cool, in three weeks, you're yeah, going to see him, a.k.a. Yeah. Uh, Edwin Diaz, and uh, it hasn't been that at all.
3: Something happens. Yeah. It might be worth asking DePoto about again. Well, we could skip Saturday, right? That was yeah. just frustrating.
0: Yeah, they just... I mean, decent game, right? Just, unfortunately, you don't come through in the eighth, and then you give up a home run. I mean, a Munoz home Base run to Martin eighth, Maldonado. Ugh.
3: Who had been... Martin Maldonado had been, like, 0 for 20. Yeah, I mean, Martin
0: that. Maldonado's a defensive player. <laughs> he is there oh. to play defense. He just homered in two straight games. So,
3: yeah, that That's was annoying. frustrating. They lose 3-2, um... And then yesterday, just one game after pitching a complete game shutout, Logan Gilbert was dominant again. He allowed just three hits and one run in seven innings, giving up no walks and striking out six. Brash and Stewald were also locked down, closing it out with a scoreless inning each. And then the Mariners did all their offensive damage in the fourth, taking advantage of some Astros' mistakes. Julio reached base on a fielding fielding error and stole second, and then Ty France was hit by a pitch, of course. Teoscar Hernandez and Kelnick doubled to give the M's a 3-0 lead. And a Maldonado solo home run in the six would be the only other run scored on the day as the Mariners win three to one.
0: Well, that's the way to uh, finish off the first half and kind of make people forget about a lousy game on Saturday, which looked a little bit more like some of the previous losses they've had this year. Right. Just go out and win the next day. And you instantly erase that. I watched quite a bit of it uh, over the weekend. I wasn't able to see every game. We were on vacation, but I had the phone out, and Cecily and I were actually watching the end of the game yesterday while we were having lunch, and, you
2: know, they look like the Mariners, honestly, right? Isn't this the team that we were expecting to see? Mm -hmm. Do you see a lot more flashes of last year's team in the last week and a half? Because that's what we've been saying so long is like, where? Where did they go? Where were they in the one-run games? Where's with, the like, passion? Where's, where, yeah, where's the execution where's in the those fun? moments? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's
0: been great. And obviously, you win seven and nine games to finish it up after the disastrous. You know, once Bryce Miller came out of that game against Tampa, it just felt like, oh no. But mm-hmm. that was kind of a funky game. Like that was a weird pitching game. It wasn't that they didn't hit in that game, right? They scored a bunch of runs. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They couldn't pitch. Well, that's not really been their problem this year. I mean, Munoz and some other guys just didn't have it that day. They gave up a ton of runs. It was ugly. Yeah, But maybe that's the thing they needed to just kind of, you know, again, I've said this a few times this morning. We'll kick in the seat. That was necessary for them to uh, to get themselves going. All right, thank you guys. Great uh, great trip around. What was a really really cool weekend
2: here in Seattle? Oh, And last night the drone show at Space Needle was yeah. very cool. Did you go out there? I just was able to film it from oh, my from your apartment. house. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty awesome. So the video is up uh, on uh, Seattle Sports on Instagram and my Twitter. It's very good. if you missed it, it's it was impressive. I saw a lot of that. Those drone shows. I remember I saw one last year. Was it
0: the fourth or whenever it was? Cecily and I went to the fireworks last year and we saw the drone show. They're awesome. Yep. What a that's going to replace fireworks eventually. Like
2: they're going to get so much faster. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, the dogs of the
3: world would rejoice. Yeah,
2: six hundred of them last night in the drone show. Six
0: hundred drones. That
2: feels like a lot of drones. Feels like a lot. It look, All the
3: footage online looks really cool.
0: Yeah, I watched a lot of that actually. It's, uh, very, there's great stuff. So uh, it'll continue here for the next couple of nights. Obviously, with uh, the home run derby tonight and then the All Star game tomorrow. Great text or your tweet here, rather, from our buddy Adam, who I love, uh, who uh, says that I got it all wrong when it comes to the most beloved Mariner. From Adam De Ho Lee would like oh. a word. Yes, you know what? Mm-hmm. Day Good point. De Ho with his ice cream, he would uh, he would like a word. All right. <laughs> (laughs) Seattle sports, your home for the Mariners, of course, and your only home for All-Star Week. Stop by the live broadcast from Hatback Bar and Grill. And you can tune in Monday to hear Julio. That's tonight in the Home Run Derby and then tomorrow night in the All-Star Game. Seattle sports, your exclusive home of All-Star Week in Seattle.